0: Phil Moran, pastor at Christ Presbyterian Church, and Jonathan Van Hugan, pastor at Spring United Reformed Church. Now, if you'd like to find out more about us or catch past broadcasts or get information about our annual conference, you can find us at ReformationVoice.com. All right, we have been trekking through the Psalms, if you have been listening to our shows lately. And we are up to... Psalm 103 today. Um, This is certainly one of my favorite psalms. I remember when I was going to Boise State, I lived right off campus and I walked to my classes and I was memorizing this psalm as I was walking. That's a Mm -hmm. really good use of time, by the way, Yes, just to recite scripture as you're walking around. Anyway, so Mm -hmm. Psalm 103, is there a historical background to this one?
1: You
2: got
0: me. I don't sure. know. I mean, it was no, no. just a—it was I'm a question sure. that I, um, I, I thought maybe you guys might know. I don't
1: well, know. Well, we—I know
2: of no historical context
1: we, for it. We—I I don't think we know a historical context for this one. We do know that it's a Psalm of David. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the, you know, again from the
3: superscription, and uh, we pointed out before the superscriptions were actually considered the first verse of the Scripture you know, they aren't just editors' remarks. The Lord refers to that, I think, um, in Matthew 22, I think he talks about a, you know, a Psalm of David, which is known from the superscription. Um, So, you know, knowing it as a Psalm of David, there's, I think, some 73 of the Psalms are considered Psalms of David Mm -hmm. out of the 150.
2: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It it fits the context in which it's placed. It has a lot of connections to 102 before it and 104 after it, but as far as I can tell, none of those really um, give us a a clear clue on on when they were written in the life of David. All right, well, let's, uh, Jonathan, you want to read it?
3: Certainly. Of David. "'Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits.' slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love. He will not always chide, nor will he keep his anger forever. He does not deal with us according to our sins, nor repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his steadfast love toward those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far does he remove our transgressions from us. As a father shows compassion to his children, so the Lord shows compassion to those who fear him. But he knows our frame. He remembers that we are dust. As for man, his days are like grass. He flourishes like a flower of the field. O you his angels, you mighty ones who do his word, obeying the voice of his word, bless the Lord all his host, his ministers who do his will, bless the Lord all his works in all places of his dominion, bless the Lord, O my soul. I always remember these first five verses as like
0: for me, like the theology of preaching the gospel to yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, that language has has been. Fairly popular, at least in the circles that I've been in for the last 10, 15, 20 years. And I remember hearing it for the first time, and I thought, preaching the gospel to yourself, what does that even mean? I mean, do I just take yes. like John 3 16 and recite it to myself over and over again? Um, and what does it even mean to preach to yourself? Well, I mean, this, this psalm really kind of lays it out uh, Bless the Lord, there's the imperative, the command. Mm-hmm. Who, is he, who is he saying that to? Oh, my soul. So he's, he's taking a hold of himself. Mm-hmm. And he's saying, look, this is, what, this is what is required of you. And then again, he gives the reasons why for his soul yeah. to bless the Lord. Forget not all of his benefits. What are his benefits? He forgives all of our iniquity. He heals all of our diseases. He redeems your life from the pit. He crowns you with that covenant love that we've been talking mm-hmm. about and mercy. He satisfies you with good so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. I mean, this is, this is the way to, in, in one sense, to lifting yourself up out of any pit that mm-hmm. you find yourself in. Mm-hmm. Stop listening to that that tape recorder that's going on in your mind, and you dictate mm-hmm. what what truths you're meditating on.
2: It's interesting that verses 3 through 5 is really what you're supposed to say to your soul. The, the pronoun there, your, who forgives all your iniquity, well, what's your referring back to? Your is referring back to my soul in verses 1 and 2. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And so it's not just saying, I mean, Lloyd-Jones in Spiritual Depressions talks about this idea that we need to stop listening to ourselves and we need to start talking to ourselves. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And he was specifically talking about Psalm 42 and 43, but I think the principle still holds true in the rest of the scriptures. And here you have an example of talking to yourself. And what are you saying to yourself? Well, what you're speaking to yourself are the truths of what the reality is for those that are in Jesus Christ, are in union with him, that our iniquities are forgiven. He heals our diseases. He redeems us. He crowns us. He satisfies us. And that's the type of of spiritual self-talk, not in the, the goofy Eastern meditation and Eastern religions type of framework, but in the reality of there are certain things that are true about you because of the work of Jesus Christ. And to preach the gospel to yourself is to remind yourself of that reality. Um, Romans 6 would really say, be who you are. Mm-hmm. There's something that's true about you because of your union with, with Christ, be it. Mm-hmm. Um, but you have to know it to be it, and you know it by talking to yourself. Mm-hmm. Yes, and,
1: and what is true about us is true because of what's true about God mm-hmm. and His character. And it's kind of counterintuitive, even you know, this verb at the very beginning of the Psalm, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. You know, this psalm commands us to bless the Lord, and, and we often we often think of God blessing us. How can I bless God? Hmm. Uh, you know, we'll say, you know, just as an off, almost as an offhanded or, or even a a, thought, a, a a saying that we don't put a lot of thought into, God bless you. Uh, and when we talk about God, uh, you know, all of God's blessings that God gives us, and all of that is true, this tells, tells us that we are to bless God. Well, how do we do that?
3: I believe we do that by recognizing our dependence upon Him, and that's how we bless Him. We 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 bless Him by recognizing what He's done for us. Amen. We those are the the that's how we bless Him. You know, uh, to if you've ever done something for someone and you've never received a thank you for it, you know it's as as if you didn't matter in in their life. Well, when they when they simply say thank you to you feel blessed to have that opportunity to do something for them. God is blessed when we recognize what he's done for us. Mm-hmm. This Psalm is interesting because it is a private Psalm. You know, we began the week with Psalm 92, which a uh, song for the Sabbath day, which was all about corporate worship. And here is, and reminding us that our worship is not is both corporate and it's private it takes place in the, in the in, internal re- recesses of our heart and David's bringing us to that point it
2: it's interesting that the psalm is is going to say something about us it says something about god and what it says about us is that we are those that are sinful yeah and we're those that are and that's really verses 6 through 13 and then verses 14 through 19 is really saying something else about us, that we're, we're weak. Mm-hmm. And and so our hope isn't in ourself. But then mm-hmm. it goes turns around and says something about God. And what it says about God is that God is a God of love and compassion and grace and mercy, a God who forgives, a God that is faithful. And so that deals with our sin problem. And then it goes on to talk about to deal with our weakness.
0: Can I interrupt right there for the same yeah. problem? The, one of my favorite verses, verse 12, as far as the east is from the west, so far does he remove our transgressions from us? Why does he say it like that? Well, if you're traveling on the globe, if you're going north, then at some point you'll reach the top of the globe and then you'll start going south. It's not that way with east and west. if you start traveling west, you'll never start going east and and vice versa so this kind of geographical description of of removing our sin from us is saying that the distance that I've removed your sin from you is unfathomable it's immeasurable mm-hmm. i mean that this is not mm-hmm. just colorful language, although it right. is mm-hmm. it's a
3: description of our highest assurance right
0: mm-hmm.
3: so i yeah there's no, that's a, and, and that and that's and that's a good note because as russ was pointing out we're a wayward family you know god is our father but we're a wayward family we do sin we sin in word thought and deed every every day every hour and uh, we we're constantly falling short of his glory we're constantly falling short of the father's goodness and mercies to us and so but he's a gentle father and that's and and that's what's being brought out here yes and the fact is, he doesn't deal
2: with us according to our sins, and that's not because he's he's a god that can just put away that sin. He's he doesn't treat us or deal with us according to our sins because he dealt with our sins in another. Yeah, right. um, and so this is a beautiful passage about the imputation um, of our sins to Jesus Christ. That mm-hmm. his love and compassion, his grace and his mercy, is not um, just random. Um, It's intentional, and it's intentional because all of our sin was dealt with in Jesus Christ for all that trust in him. Um, But he also deals with the weakness issue. We're weak. We're we're like the grass that's here today and gone tomorrow. But this beautiful line, the Lord has established his throne in the heavens and his kingdom rules over all. Um, So this is just one of those beautiful Psalms that we learn something about us that's not great. Yeah. But we learn that there's a solution in God, which is wonderful, yeah. that everything that we need, we can find in him.
1: Mm-hmm. And and not only are we weak, you know, that image of, as for a man, his days are like grass. Mm-hmm. Uh, not only are we weak, we're, we're temporary. Mm-hmm. At least our lives here are temporary. But there's a wonderful promise directly implied in verse 17, but in contrast, you know, they're, we're like grass, and the wind blows over it, and its place remembers it no more. But the steadfast love of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting. And, and, and his righteousness, uh, the steadfast love of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting on those who fear him, and his righteousness to children's children to those who keep his covenant. And uh, Russ, you've been reminding us throughout the Psalms of the, the presence of covenant language and uh, that God is a covenant-keeping God. And what, what this tells us is that, yes, my life in a way is like grass. It's temporary. But because the steadfast love of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting, that means he's going to preserve my life for eternity because of his steadfast love.
2: And the psalmist actually quotes um, God reveals himself to Moses in Exodus 34. It's one of like the key passages of the Old Testament and the psalmist quotes Exodus 34 again in, in verse 8: The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love. It's, it's quite something. I think we need to pay attention. When God deliberately says, Oh, you want to know who I am? I'm going to tell you exactly who I am. And the people of Israel picked it up. And so they quote Exodus 34 time and time again. They pray that, they plead that, they trust in that, they, they come to the Lord and say, I believe what you said about yourself. And I'm going to keep coming back and praying what you've said about yourself and trusting in what you've said. And I think
3: we can learn something from it. Amen.